Hey, Armstrong and Getty here, and the real estate market is about as crazy as it's ever been. I mean, it's just none of the old rules apply anymore. Everything's different. You gotta, you, you need expert advice. And there will be a new set of new rules next week, too, probably. That's why you have to get great real estate representation, good or bad or mediocre, will no longer do. Give Robert Millward a call. Robert's with Intero Real Estate now at 204-9493. Maybe you're thinking about selling. What's your house worth? Get a good solid number instead of a wild guess. Maybe you're not upside down anymore because, as Jack said, the rules are changing. Who can get approved for a short sale? Who can get approved for a mortgage? Call 204-9493, 204-9493. Talk to the only guy I'd use or go to JoeGettysRealtor.com. That's JoeGettysRealtor.com. Uh, but everybody is uh, talking about the North Korea situation and how we're going to handle it. Well, this morning, MSNBC had Trump advisor Sebastian Gorka on to discuss it. But I kind of noticed he had a very strange way of saying hello. Take a look at this. It says that it will never give up its nuclear and intercontinental ballistic missile programs. Joining us live now from the White House is Deputy Assistant to the President, Sebastian Gorka. Mr. Gorka, good to see you. Thank you for being with us. Greetings. They cut him off before he could say Earthlings. Greetings, Earthlings. That is uh, that is pretty. We've we've had Mr. Gorker on before, Gorka, and uh, he's he's a hell of an interesting dude. But why do you have the little pointy mustache and those glasses and say Greetings? Welcome, Greetings. Welcome to my castle. Is he a State Fair (laughs) hypnotist on the weekends? What is his deal? Greetings. I thought it was odd when we made a joke and he laughed. <laughs> Rubbed his hands together menacingly. Greetings. <laughs> Greetings. I've got to go with that. <laughs> hey, Joe, how's it going? Greetings. <laughs> Greetings. So uh, I mentioned um, maybe you hate your job, you'd like to do something different, or you just daydream about having a different job. We got this text, which is kind of a funny, uh, well, they're making fun of the whole idea. Of having a job that's, I guess, outdated. I used to daydream of being a TV repairman as I was making buggy whips. That's pretty. <laughs> What's fun. their point? Pretty fun. I don't know. <laughs> I guess that they have bad choices and what's going to be uh, a needed job in the future. So, what is your opposite job? What if you could start over all over and take a career path the most different possible from the one you're on? <laughs> the labor department keeps detailed and at times. Odd records on the skills and tasks required for each job that that it's got listed. And it's got listed like every job that exists in America. Wow. Why does our government do this? Because they need people to do something to suck up your tax money, I guess. It's hard to imagine why they need to keep this. But anyway, uh, I don't want to suck the fun out of it, which I'm apparently attempting to do. Uh, Some of them are physical, obviously. The traits for various jobs like trunk strength. Speed of limb movement. Boy, my trunk. I got a good trunk. The ability to stay upright. <laughs> you, don't, you don't need that that much Mediocre. in this job. <laughs> in this job, I don't have to stay upright. I can just put the microphone down on the floor. Sure. Others are more knowledge-based, like economics and accounting, physics, programming. They capture the essence of what makes a job distinctive. And uh, they got they have some examples here. 
The opposite job of a kindergartner teach a kindergarten teacher is physicist. The opposite job of a news editor is a model. <laughs> wow. The opposite job of a chief executive is an agricultural grader, whatever that is. Grader? Grader, yeah. Hmm. The opposite of a writer or author is a mobile home installer. <laughs> what? According to the labor statistics. Mobile home. I need something completely different. This novel is just not coming together. I mean, completely different. <laughs> I need to install mobile. Install them where? <laughs> and then the trailer park, I guess. Ah. The opposite job of an architect. I'm tired of drawing up these houses. Is a slaughterer and meat packer. I'm going to go kill me some pigs. Great. By the way, it's, it's different. I'll grant you that. I'm talking to an architect. I guess that's what you call him. He's, uh, he's drawn up plans for a house, right? Does that make you an architect? Anyway. I don't know. We're going to add an upstairs to our house. But he was telling me about it. He said it's going to be harder this year because we were working on it last year and, 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 and never happened. So this year, and he said a lot of new regulations went into effect on the first oh, of the year. I thought you've boy. got to be freaking kidding me. Oh, my. Because there were plenty last year. Yeah, and I know Trump's trying to roll them back, or is rolling back a lot of them on the federal level, but county and state regulations increased a lot. Oh, it's unbelievably picky. Who who thinks that needs to happen? That that, that, uh, last year, 2016, we weren't picky enough about everything. We need to add a bunch to that. But anyway, we're talking about putting stairs somewhere. We're going to put a second story up, and you know what? you got to have stairs to get up there. You really do. You're going to have a second story, unless you're going to climb up, bust out the window. Rope ladder. Rope ladder. But anyway, talking about a stair stone place, and he said, I'm not sure that would be high enough to walk under. There are, there are state regulations on, on uh, how high the stairs have to be so you can walk under. And I thought, you've got to be freaking kidding me. I can't on my own. My own GD house right. makes stairs that I have to duck under to walk under. I've been in lots of houses like that, by the way, older houses. I, you know, I wouldn't do that because it's going to be hard well, to sell and this and that. But, well, what about the potential for head injury? But how is how is it the government's job to decide whether or not we want to have something we have to duck to walk under? That is crazy. That is absolutely insane. It was a major moment in my road to libertarianism when I realized that our back patio, which didn't seem big enough, it's just a simple concrete slab. I mean, the simplest. This was back in the day. I wanted to make it about two feet bigger so it could fit, you know, it's like a picnic set. I said, no problem, honey. I'll just dig it out. I'll get the saccharide. I'll rent a thing. And and somebody said, oh, my God, no, you need a permit. You need a government permit to do that. I said, I'm just, I'm adding like a foot and a half of concrete. What do you mean a permit? The government's going to permit me? Well, because then they have to come and inspect it. To prevent what? Right. In favor of what? Well, you don't want a substandard. The government needs to get involved in making your back patio a foot bigger. It's a combination of a money grab right. and a, we just want to remind you that you don't do anything ever without checking with us. We're in charge of everything you do in your life, and we right. need to remind you many times a day. The, the idea that the architect would tell me, well, you don't want to do that. You'd have to duck to walk under it unless you want that. I'm fine with that. Sure. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But the idea that the state mandates that I'm not allowed to put something I'd have to duck to walk under, to me, is absolutely insane. Yeah. We have given up way too much liberty. Yeah. Crazy. Anyway, back to this for just a minute. Uh, so the, your opposite jobs. So they, I, I picked a job at random to get some of the qualities to give you the opposite. The opposite of a historian is a lumberjack. Okay, so if you're a lumberjack and you want to just completely give it up, you want to go as far away the other direction as you can, you become an historian. 
This is this is really getting into like Zen. One hand clapping stuff. Speaking of the government, though, the government keeps all these statistics. That's why this comedy bit exists. And so they keep all this information. Who knows why? I don't know. To, to, to suck more money and life out of us, I guess. But historians use these. So they can plan. We need to have a planned economy. Right. We can't let the market just go willy-nilly, randomly assigning what people want to spend their money on. We must plan. What uh, skill does a historian use the most? History and archaeology. What skill does a lumberjack use the most? Speed of limb movement. <laughs> if you want to keep them. So those are opposites. Right. Uh, wow. no, number two for historians, geography. Number two for lumberjacks. What if you're writing a history of lumberjacks? <laughs> what then? Wise ass, huh? <laughs> number two for lumberjacks, static strength. For lumberjacks, the third most needed thing is stamina. Yes. For a historian, it's writing. So these are the op- uh, opposites. Written comprehension for historians, reaction time for lumberjack. Yeah, the tree's falling on me. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Boy, stamina's right. You, your arms get so tired so fast using a chainsaw. I'm telling you. And then, you know, you get a little wobbly, and then all of a sudden you got half a leg. The opposite of oral expression skills, trunk strength. Hmm. The op- opposite of written expression skills, gross body coordination. I believe that's what uh, Steve Bannon was doing. That's some gross body coordination. <laughs> I find it disgusting. It's pretty gross to watch. <laughs> um, so, wait a second. The, so I find the, this the difference. Both... The, I'm sorry. The opposite of verbal skill is what? Uh, oral expression. The opposite of oral expression is trunk strength. <laughs> the government. I find this funny and maddening at the same time that the government is like keeping track of all this stuff and thinking they can somehow plan the world because right. they're well, they're called technocrats. People who believe that. And you believe either believe technocrats should run the world or you don't. But you're trying to plan the sort of thing. And nobody's thinking about this. The the market just works it out somehow, right? And 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 your own human abilities. Uh, lots of historians may have plenty of trunk strength or not, or they would get it if they needed it. <laughs> <laughs> or they'd hire somebody with plenty of it. Or a lot of lumberjacks might have fantastic written comprehension. They just don't use it for their job. So who knows? What are you trying to plan, technocrat? I thought that was funny. So maddening. Gross body coordination. (laughs) Historians use these skills the least. Finger dexterity. Flip flew a card catalog. Thumb wrestling. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was really interesting. Anyway, we'll link the website. You can put in various jobs and see what the opposite of them are. Um, Did they have talk show host or they nah, just I too few? I tried to find that. No yeah, talk show host. We're not significant enough for the technocrats to have put their grubby fingers all over our line of work. Yeah. Unreal. Uh, speaking of which, really interesting commentary by a uh, lefty writer in the Washington Post about some of these like uh, higher minimum wage uh, laws. Uh, might want to rethink them. Hmm. It was just at the moment that Jack had given up and said even Republicans are in favor of these mandatory technocrat minimum wage law just at that moment when I held firm <laughs> that the tide began to turn. What do you have to say now, coward? Now you have better uh, gross coordination. <laughs> it's my drunk strength. <laughs> You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. on the opposite jobs story we just did. If the opposite job of president is real estate developer, we're in trouble. Ha ha ha. Uh, and if the, I get it. And if the opposite... No, 
I don't want to get this wrong because I thought it was funny. So I don't want to word it wrong. The opposite of all the work that went into that study is worthwhile. <laughs> I thought that mm-hmm. was good. Which we, the paid taxpayer, paid for. Uh, so They're just go. jealous of my trunk strength. <laughs> you have some trunk strength. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, that's beautiful. So I was reading uh, the, an opinion piece the other day. It might even have been, oh, was it... Uh, Oh, it's one of your great uh, free market type uh, economists, whether it was Hayek or I don't even remember. Um, it might have been Milton Friedman. He was talking about how um, student of, protege of, Frederick Fritz Hayek. That's right. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Exactly. So, um, oh, but before we get to that, have we lost the concept of mind your own business? I mean, you wanting to build a staircase that is like in an area where if you were going to go behind it, you'd have to duck. Didn't they have a staircase like that in the Brady Bunch house? Yeah. That big staircase right in the middle? <clears throat> the idea that that's now illegal. We uh, we here at the planning department, we uh, we believe that staircases should be uh, go behindable. I mean, mind your own effing business. Well, the advantage is, no, 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 no. I don't care what you think right. the advantage yeah. is. You have no right. You have no. There's no call for you to weigh in on the sides of my concrete back porch. <laughs> I, I uh, it's none of your business. Why are you expressing an opinion? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Anybody that wants this. I should be able to put a toilet in the middle of my kitchen if I want to. <laughs> it's my house. I keep asking you to come over to eat, and you keep saying no. What's a, you know, I... I just, I find the toilet in your kitchen off putting. <laughs> well, that's your problem. Right. God, I just, where do you people get the idea that you are in charge of crafting me a utopia? Well, somebody, a perfect could, life? somebody could hit their head. Well, that's their problem. It's their house. They either built it that way or bought a house that way. Their choice. Listen, if you want to, like, outlaw nuclear-powered hot water heaters in suburban homes, and you can make a convincing case for how that's patently dangerous to everybody in the area or something we can't have you crafting your own nuclear reactor okay i'm willing to discuss that that's reasonable but what we're talking about who asked you just be you don't get to express your opinion if it doesn't affect you anyway so uh it was uh hayek or friedman or somebody or other was talking about how generally speaking Progressives look at the immediate effect of a policy and that more conservative or libertarian free market people tend to look at the secondary effect and the effect after that. Great example. Here's uh, Catherine Rample. She's an opinion writer for the Washington Post. She is no conservative. And she's finally getting it, I think, on this stuff. Progressives generally support better labor protections, including policies meant to provide higher wages, more predictable working hours, increased bargaining power, and greater access to paid family leave, sick leave, and overtime. And given the raw deal that workers get so often, these are all policies that I generally support as well. I would say she has quite solidly uh, established her progressive bona fides in that paragraph. I believe way farther than I want to go. At least half of that, and maybe all of it, is a terrible place for the government to get involved. 
But lately, as Democratic leadership, she writes, has increasingly embraced the far-left impulses of its base, I've become convinced that the left needs to think harder about the unintended consequences of such benevolent-seeming proposals. In isolation, each of these policies has the potential to make workers more costly to hire. Cumulatively, they almost certainly do. Now, if I was a smaller man with less trunk strength, I would be I would be snide and sarcastic at this point to pander to my base. I'm not going to be. I'm an open hearted man. I'm a man. I'm a middle child. I bring people together. You're not bereft of reason. No, certainly not. I'm bereft of a handful of things, but reason is not one of them. I will just say to Catherine, welcome. Glad this has occurred to you because I think you're absolutely right. It makes labor vastly more expensive. What's the effect of that? I'll quote her. This means that unless carefully designed, and I would point out it's even if carefully designed, a lefty pro-labor platform might actually encourage firms to hire less labor. She's, she's saying that. Is this the onion? No, no, no. And let's see, you're being snide. You're not even handed like me and generous in spirit. Or at least to shift toward contract labor that's exempted from these cherished protections. See, this is what the, we on, on our side of the philosophical aisle have been shouting at you. You're hurting workers. It's not that we're greedy, mean people who don't want people to be able to feed their families. What we're being, what we're being, what we're shouting at you is your intentions are good and that has paved the road to hell. An underappreciated expression, the road to hell is paved with good intentions, which we've talked about at length and philosophized about in the past. It's because you turn off your reasoning. You think because I'm trying to do the right thing, I shouldn't be questioned. And if you question me, you're against my good intentions. No, 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 not at all. I like your intentions. I just think you're screwing up. Anyway, these are not mere hypotheticals, Catherine writes. A two-tier labor market in which some lucky workers are entitled to generous compensation and job security and the rest are hung out to dry already plagues countries such as France and Japan with traditionally stronger labor protections than the United States. But these are not outcomes that lefty politicians and policy wonks seem keen to grapple with. It's easier, or perhaps more politically convenient, to assume that pro-worker policies never hurt the workers they're intended to help. Take the proposal to raise the federal minimum wage to $15 an hour, a policy endorsed in the Democratic Party's better, I'm sorry, new Better Deal platform. Uh, an increase in the federal minimum wage is long overdue, but more than doubling it would likely result in massive job losses and cuts in work hours. Yes, creating two tiers of workers. People getting the big new wage and huge numbers of people not getting nothing. We've already seen preliminary evidence that raising wages in Seattle to $13 has produced sharp cuts in hours, leaving low-wage workers with smaller paychecks. The overall wages being paid in Seattle have shrunk considerably because of that policy. And that's in a high-cost city. Imagine what would happen if Congress raised the minimum wage to $15 nationwide. Oh, kind of kind of towns I'm from where uh, that is really a ridiculous amount of money. Right. You just wouldn't be able to open a, a store. Right. Um, they mention, uh, she mentions West Virginia, Arkansas, 
um, where the median hourly wage, the median wage is under $15 an hour. And then she says, and in Mississippi, it's a depressingly low $14.22. Again, she's, she's starting to understand the free market, and I congratulate her for that, but she doesn't quite understand it. The cost of living in Mississippi, my dear, is incredibly low. It all works out. If the cost of living is high and the wages are low, labor flows elsewhere until the wages rise because the high cost of living place is desperate for workers. It always works. It takes a while, but it works. Uh, bah, bah, bah. Uh, so minimum wage. Uh, this might seem like a good thing. Why wouldn't you want to improve the living standards of as many people as possible? The answer, you won't actually be helping them if making their labor much more expensive, much too quickly, results in their getting fired. Right. You sounded a little condescending. I'm there. sorry. It's hard for me to stop. It's kind of my natural go-to. Similarly, a year ago, the Obama administration issued a new overtime rule. You remember this one? It massively expanded the universe of white-collar employees entitled to time-and-a-half pay for working beyond 40 hours a week. Before, white-collar workers earning salaries up to twenty-three grand were generally entitled to overtime. The new rule more than doubled the threshold to about forty-seven grand. meaning if you make less than that, you're hourly. They can't claim your management and make you work a 70-hour week which we were howling against that regulation for a number of reasons, which I won't go into detail on now. But the new threshold was implemented in one fell swoop starting last December. There was a fierce debate within the Obama administration about the wisdom of such an abrupt increase. But those who mentioned this to me declined to ever do so on the record. Wow. How like the Google scandal is that? Yeah. You don't even, you don't, you feel threatened by even pointing out what what with that which is economic fact which gives you a sense of what politics really is to what extent it's pandering to people's pre-existing beliefs and to what extent it's intellectually honest trying to come up with good policy it's if you can't be cynical enough uh meanwhile left-leaning groups cheered the millions whose pay was about to go up uh etc 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 um and then she points out that what happened was people would just get fired and their job descriptions changed and et cetera, et cetera. And the free market found a way to get around the, the government regulation in a way that didn't help the workers at all. In fact, it hurt millions and millions of workers. So stop trying to build a utopia. You know, we talked about this. Jack and I have talked about this at length in the past, especially if you're in a competitive field. And, oh, man, this makes me crazy. They're trying to eliminate unpaid internships. They're calling it exploitation of the workers. you got to pay them a salary. We both, starting out on radio, worked ridiculous hours for ridiculously low pay. That's how you got the experience. That's how you got a leg up. That's how you got your entree into the, the gig. And, and if Randy Miller in Verdon, Illinois, couldn't have gotten 70 hours a week out of me for what's the equivalent right now, about $18,000 a year, um... I wouldn't have gotten started. And if you said, you know what, Joe, we could retroactively, we could get a time machine, some sort of policy time machine. We could go back and we could prevent that exploitation of you. I would have taken a gun and shot the control panel of the time machine so you couldn't do it. I'd say, no, no, that's the last thing I want you to do. Don't do that. And I don't understand how people don't understand that. I don't either. Seems pretty simple. 
Well, we are bereft of Marshall today. And uh, so when we come back, we'll hit you with uh, a little bit of what's going on in the world. Um, I liked yesterday when you went through uh, newspaper headlines from around America. I thought that was pretty good. I went, thought that went poorly. Okay. Let's talk about it during the commercials. Trump's childhood home is on Airbnb. Uh, booze might create boost creativity, they think, which is interesting. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it boosts all sorts of things. Some of them good and some of them not. The Olympics in 2024 may include video games. Oh, speaking of the Olympics, I'd totally forgotten. In less than six months, they're going to be in Seoul, South Korea. Hello. We have Winter Olympics coming up? Must be Winter Olympics. Correct. But they're in the Southern Hemisphere. So is it summer there? We're going to have the Winter Olympics in summer. Oh, great. Another progressive policy. That was a joke. There are Olympics in Seoul? Yeah, around there, yeah. Just 30 miles from the the guns and the bombs? And a fire and a fury. Wow. And, And, frankly, power. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Marshall Phillips is bereft of uh, being here and um, getting his, his, all his teeth yanked out and replaced with uh, actual alligator teeth. He just texted, it's his new thing. He just texted that the dental work went fine. He'll probably be here tomorrow. Oh, good. He's uh, laying there in pain, gauze in his mouth as we speak. Turn the music off! Stupid news music. It grates on me. It's terrible. So Joe is right. I didn't know this. Partially because I'm kind of over the Olympics. I don't know why I'm over the Olympics. I loved the Olympics when I was younger. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Have I changed or have they changed? Both. Well, their coverage of it has been pretty abysmal for the last, I don't know, small handful. If it weren't for the online streaming options where you could actually cherry pick out the events you want to see, it would be almost unwatchable. Yeah, it's. I don't know. Maybe. Well, both. You've changed the, the, the uh, performance-enhancing drugs, the... The pros in the Olympics. That's, the, those are those are two elements. The that greed, the scandals. Yeah. I just I don't the know. the you know what changed some of it for me was uh, they were always in different time zones. I didn't even know that when I was younger because I you know you turn on the TV at, at night and watch and be surprised. Right. Then somebody decided you know what we're gonna we're gonna tell you the results twelve hours before you watch the event. Right. Because we can. Right. And that took a lot of it out of it for me. Yeah, yeah, you you have to spend your entire day avoiding the news. It's pretty much impossible. So anyway, I didn't I didn't even know this, but the Winter Olympics are coming up in February in Seoul, South Korea, just 30 miles from the the very artillery that's pointed at them from a guy who just I was just watching on my phone this massive rally that Kim Jong Un had in uh, there in Puntang yesterday, mm. in the in the in the square named after his grandfather, with, with tens of thousands of young people all dressed up and staring blankly at the at the the little fathead as he gave a speech and saluting and cheering and everything like that. Wow. All all as a response to Trump's fire fury and frankly power speech, right? Um, and it's just it's just weird watching all these people knowing they're either. Uh, completely misguided or faking it. Most of them are faking it because this is a really young crowd. They're just completely faking it. It's, well, it's they, amazing. They, they know what side their bread is buttered on and which side will be tortured. 
It's amazing that in the year 2017 that that can occur anywhere yeah. on Earth. Yeah. And it occurs somewhere where they've got a whole bunch of nuclear weapons and missiles to deliver them to the United States now. But anyway, well, the Olympics are going to be basically there. Right. Well, and, and what's especially astounding about, uh, about a regime that oppressive is it's right over at our from a progressive modern democracy. Of course, South Korea hasn't been that for very long, but uh, yeah, it's just amazing. It's amazing. Here's a question for you guys. Yeah. Do you think Kim gets assassinated by somebody in his own regime? They feel like you're going to get us killed, dude, and they just go ahead and they assassinate the guy. Mm, boy, what did it were? I don't, I don't know. That's that is, you know, uh, you read your spy novels and your thrillers, and you watch your uh, your uh, what's that English fella, Jason Statham movies. Um, if you want a thrill, r- read about the dynamics of trying to decide whether to assassinate the dictator. And there are great accounts of it, various regimes, from Stalin to the German fellow whose name doesn't leap to mind, um, just Saddam Hussein. There's some great accounts of that. The guys were trying to figure out who they could trust, who they couldn't. They'd say, so uh, how do you... Hey, uh, how you feel about old uh, Saddam these days? Oh, I love him, too. I, I, that's what I was saying. But, uh, you know, sometimes do you kind of sort of want to put a bullet in him? Or, ah, I'm just kidding. Because ah, you don't know who's going to say, I'm with you till the end, my comrade. And who's going to say, yeah, 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 good idea. Uh, I got to go call somebody. And then, you know, you're uh, you're getting your kneecaps drilled 10 minutes later. So that, man, that's some thriller stuff. So this is pretty interesting. Puge uh, did a poll in uh, South Korea of uh, what South Koreans think of Trump's uh, handling of North Korea. How confident are you that the U.S. president will do, I think the particular question was, uh, do the right thing, whatever that would be, with North Korea. And it it is now at 17%. 17% of South Koreans are uh, confident in the U.S. president. So about Trump in office. Well, that's low. It's a 71 point drop since Obama was in office. Yeah. 71 point drop since Obama was I blame was president. the liberal media. Well, you can blame whatever you want, but uh, that's that's quite a striking statistic. Good lord. <laughs> um, wow. It was quite high when Bush was president also. Uh 71 point drop. I don't yep. that that doesn't mean they're right, but uh apparently the South Koreans and they and they they've got skin in the game. A lot of people are polled on stuff where they got no skin in the game. Right. South Koreans got more skin in the game than I do than you do. Yep. And uh and they liked Bush and Obama's more or less appeasement and uh, you know, tough talk but not mm-hmm. doing anything real. Well, they're used to it. A lot better than actual tough talk and talking about doing something about it. They have lived next to one crazy dictator or another, a hermit kingdom threatening death, fire, gloom, and destruction upon them, and frankly, power. Uh, <laughs> occasionally <laughs> hurling artillery at them or shooting a boat or whatever, uh, threatening to, to take over South Korea and unite the, the, the peninsula under communist uh, utopianism, etc. They've been dealing with that for you know more than half a century. Doesn't mean they're right, though. Is it possible that... They have gotten too used to a crazy situation, and they're pretty crazy themselves, like being in an abusive marriage. And Stockholm just, Syndrome. You just got used to the idea that this is normal, and somebody from the outside comes in and says, this isn't normal. This is, you're, you're with a crazy person. Right. That's like I was saying. I will tell people whether they're happy or not. <laughs> South Korea, you scoffed at me. You're scoffing now. 
<laughs> South Korea says, oh, no, we're happy like this. I'm going to. No, you're not. <laughs> I'm going to. She's still scoffing, ladies and gentlemen. Can you hear that? Ah, uh, it's terrible. Uh, speaking of the Pew Research poll, it's, it's, it's ginormous. I was checking into it to see if I could find that number, and they asked everybody about everything. I mean, it's voluminous. But I was taking a look at uh, some Asian Pacific countries, and uh, South Korea specifically, um, this is a major threat to our country, yes or no. And uh, 62% uh, said yes to ISIS. Uh, 77% said cyber attacks from other countries. 77% said the condition of the global economy. 79% global climate change. Almost 80% said that's a major threat to our country. Uh, but the winner was at 83%, China's power and influence Where's, is a major threat to our country in South Korea. China. Where's North Korea's nukes or whatever? Is that on the they list? They didn't ask. I did not ask that. I don't know. That's the only thing we are talking about. I don't know. I hope they're more scared of nukes in uh, North Korea than they are of ISIS in South Korea. They well, ought to be. Well, yeah, I would hope. Um, are they going to have video games in the next, would it be Summer Olympics or Winter Olympics, or does it make any difference, Sean? You can play video games in the winter. It's probably a good time to play it. Uh, the Inside. 2024 games are summer games. Okay, so you're going to do it outside in a tank top. Yes, exactly, sir. All right, for some reason. Tank top? Showing your noodle arms? No way. Black t-shirt. Uh, we're going to talk to Heather Long of the Washington Post at about 8.04 with this interesting story. There are 7 million unemployed and 6.2 million unfilled jobs. Why can't our system put those people together? Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. text oh great nuclear winter olympics can't wait that's pretty funny i get it well done and the number of people who got mad because you said soul is in the southern hemisphere which i didn't even notice or care apparently oh, it's apparently it's not no it's and not. Uh, we got no, like, it's in the eastern hemisphere we got like 50 texts about that all right no that's absolutely right yeah i'm sorry it, I, I was picturing norway which is in the southern China. hemisphere i so. thought soul is in the southern hemisphere <laughs> I never thought about it in my life, but if I had to guess, I would have guessed. Now, Vince, did you pick up on my trolling right there? Because that was some subtle trolling. <laughs> Troll game strong. Oh, speaking of trolling, um, you know, we were talking about yesterday the uh, the guy who came up with the government password standards. How long ago was that? 90? 2003. Oh, 2003. Um, and is now coming out and saying, it's stupid. I made it up. It doesn't help. In fact, it hurts. It's bad. Stop it. The guy who invented one capital, one, you know, punctuation mark, one number, blah, blah, blah. He or, says, stop it. Or more importantly, the changing your password every 30, 60, or 90 days. He says right. there's no point in changing your password unless you think you've been hacked. Leave it the same. Alert listener Tyler sent us along a cartoon from six years ago that was pointing out exactly the same thing. So it, it took the guy who came up with it saying it before it was an interesting enough hook for anybody to publish the story. So there you go. That's such is modern life. Just sheep-like. We've been every man jack of us, every <laughs> woman listening has been thinking, what the hell is it with all these password rules? Why am I changing my password every 30 days? I work for an accounting firm. Nobody cares. Right. Nobody's hacking into our stuff. 
And if they did, let them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you've been right all along. Yeah. Unbelievable. All right, now a little patriotism. Ladies and gentlemen, we welcome you to the Summit County Colville uh, Demolition Derby. If you'd all rise for the national anthem. Most of the words are there. What What are you cheering? (laughs) Don't do that thing again. She's doing it. Is, Is she hammered? Do we know that? Have you seen the video? There are accusations that she... She sounds hammered. Accusations? There's proof. Go on and roll it. And just the visually, she's standing in the back of a pickup truck. Awesome. <laughs> I'd assume that. Is there more? What happened to it? Yeah, uh... I mean, she kind of pulls it together, and the crowd joins with her. You How still... does she pull it why, together? Why, why, why are you telling she, us about she, it? Why am I not hearing another it? Another minute. I don't. Want to... I know. I'm. I'm glad you did because I want to see if that, that can't be possible. She clearly has is completely tuneless. Play She's... it. Tired part of being drunk. <laughs> she was the enthusiastic. Let's do it. Drunk during the first part. Let's take this home. Yeah, all the people are thinking. Oh, for God's sake! Only one way we end this, and that's if we take control. <laughs> God, that was awful. That yeah, she she appears to be one of those people that's like completely tuneless. Like she doesn't. Choose someone who's completely tuneless to sing the national anthem. This is Trump's America. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.